1: Welcome to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast with Ross Braman, guiding business owners to the exit they deserve. Ross is a financial advisor who knows that business owners work too hard on growing and caring for their businesses, not to leave it on their terms. Each week he interviews a different experienced business owner, expert and other professionals ready to teach you effective, satisfying business exit strategies that will let you exit your business your way. Don't wait until it's too late. Start thinking exit now. Here's your host, Ross Brannan. Hello and welcome to the Exit Your Business, Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brannan. This week, our guest is Jim Reynolds. Jim's the vice president of business banking for Blackhawk Bank based in Beloit, Wisconsin. Jim advises businesses with revenue of $25 million and under in financing and treasury management with specialized service reps. He's also a certified exit planner. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ross. Glad to be here. So when we first met, I thought it was really interesting that a banker was uh, focused on exit planning. And actually, after hearing you talk about it more, it seems very strategic from your bank's perspective. Kind of talk about why your bank chose to do that. What's the kind of demographics of your bank's uh, footprint and things like that?
0: Well, Probably had to give a lot of credit to our former CEO about 15 years ago. We have a lot of manufacturers and other professional industries here. And you could see the demographic, or he could at the time. I wasn't with the bank at that point. And just thinking, these business owners are not even thinking about what their exit looks like in 10 to 20 plus years. He took it upon himself as a bank CEO to go through some certifications, EPI, as well as Galliard Family uh, Institute, and was probably a pioneer in this space for a long time. And so when he retired a couple years ago, we were starting that process internally on succession planning. And it's important for our business owners because they're in that demographic right now. Most, I'd say the vast majority are that 55 to 70-year-old age range. Uh, So it's becoming a very popular topic.
1: Now, it's also a... A pretty shrewd thing by your bank you're, you're protecting the uh the customers and the assets of the bank because you're you are in a big me- me- metropolitan area and if a business sells to the wrong person and by wrong person i mean you know you have a lot of manufacturing if you sell to a hypothetically a chinese company that factory is closed down and shipped overseas correct that's
0: Typically correct. We've seen a lot of that in our area
1: where they've moved headquarters outside the area. So your former CEO, he said, OK, I've seen what's happened to a degree. I don't want it to happen anymore because it could happen a lot worse. Let's go learn more about exit planning and let's go provide a service to our customers on how to structure an exit where it's a win, win, win. Win for the seller, win for the buyer and win for the community. Is that right? Right.
0: Yeah, that's correct, because there's a lot of assumptions that a business owner brings into, you know, you, you've been part of BEI, you know, it's not just easy to put a for sale sign in your yard and sell your business. And especially if you're thinking of family businesses, or key managers or key employee groups, a lot of times they don't understand what it takes to go through that process internally, or, or that if that's even an option, because they might not have money, how do you transition internally?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. So now you're a bank and businesses look at banks to do a handful of things, but you basically have added this as a really a value added service for your existing clients, correct?
0: Yeah, these are service wraps that if you go out in the market, probably if you go out into the country, I would guess that most banks are not doing for what we're doing for our customers in key areas. They're not doing that. And so, yeah, it puts us in a different position, more of a consultant, providing added services. And at the end of the day, pricing still matters, but it matters less because they're getting tremendous value for some of those service wraps.
1: Yeah. So and your sweet spot is where you guys work with with businesses that are about twenty five million dollars in revenue under. Is that right? Typically, you might have some above, but the vast majority are going to be under twenty five million dollars. What do you see as the challenge in that size company? The biggest challenge.
0: Well, and you're going to get different slices within there. You know, you're you're under three to five million in revenue. The owner is running twelve different things, and as you go up that scale, they might have a, a CFO or even a part-time CFO. You might have other key managers to help. So it depends on where they are in that uh, that scale. But typically, if they're in a growth, they don't understand what's next. And so having some of these available until they get to that point is a great resource. Say HR is one of the examples that we bring up where they might not have an HR manager at that smaller level, but have an issue with, hey, I had to fire an employee Friday. Am I in trouble because I don't have a file, a formal file put together? They'll have a conversation with our HR manager, maybe walk them off the edge and, and the uh, the cliff there that, okay, start documenting, but you're, you're not in trouble. And then she can direct them to other professional help if needed.
1: What are the biggest differences you see in the businesses that are sellable at a pretty good multiple versus the businesses that, you know, the owner might be doing a dozen things, like you said, and, and really... Is it really a business like people think as a business?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think that is the number one issue is that the owner is not separated from the functions that he does. And therefore, when the buyer comes knocking on the door, and we've seen an uptick in unsolicited offers. But then they get into the due diligence and they realize the owner hasn't taken a vacation for five years they have everything in their head. They don't have documented systems. You're going to go with that sale. You're going to be so key to that sale. You're not going to be able to just exit at that point. You're probably in a, a one to two year transition period that you might not like because you've been the owner making all the decisions. And now that new company is going to be telling you how to run their business after they buy it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and so have you seen some some owners uh sell and uh it not go well afterwards i mean what what kind of what advice would you give to owners who are looking to sell yeah i think the key is preparation you know and by the way preparation as we like people like you and i like to joke we hit say preparation we mean three to five years they hear preparation they think three to five weeks
0: that's very true Maybe that three to seven year window, depending on what they're wanting to do. If it's an external transfer, they might not need that seven years. But we've talked with uh, a handful of companies recently where they're looking at key employees or a key employee group is not ready today management wise or what you might say owner material today. There's some mentoring, there's some training, there's some maturing that has to happen in that skill set. It's going to take some time. So diversification of business, you know, that's a big one in a lot of manufacturers or professional service companies. Say an engineering firm, if they're dependent on one company or two companies for their business, they're not going to be sellable. They're they're essentially a subcontractor to that company uh, that they're they call a customer. They're really a, a sub sub entity of that that customer. So diversification. And then I think some level of management team is important that they're able to stay on after a sale. And so through our training with BEI and and others familiar with some of the stay bonus uh, tools, retention tools to make sure they're going to have a financial incentive to stay on so that that buyer knows that that company is going to continue to operate as they are expecting from past financials.
1: So you guys are adding tremendous value to your customers with what you're doing. You know, banks are easy to pick on, and and a lot of banks don't do what you do. Uh, And you're a regional bank up in the Midwest, but but if I was in Phoenix, Arizona, or Orlando, Florida, or wherever, and I was like, golly, I wish I had a banker like that, what should a business owner be looking for in a bank relationship?
0: Yeah, I mean, the top thing is trust. We don't know what the future is going to hold for the next 6 to 12 months. There's a lot of speculation on where the economy is headed. But I think a lot of business owners are going to find out about their relationship. It's been a a different environment over the last 2 to 5 years, even through COVID. With PPP, you could see how different banks responded to that. And some customers had a good experience and some didn't have a good experience. But I think when times are tough, can you trust that your bank and your banker is going to be there for you to not just say, hey, you know, it looks like financials are going the wrong way. We needed to find another bank. Are they going to be able to have your back and work with you? And that's one thing that Blackhawk over the last few cycles and really started with manufacturing back to 06, when uh, when they decided to really focus in that area. And that's where we picked up a lot of our business
1: was uh, from developing that trust. Yeah, that's important because so many banks, um, they'll drop you like a bad habit or they'll try and call a loan. And it's really good to have, like you said, trust with your banker and really have them as a team member as opposed to a necessary evil. So if I'm starting out, I got to find a banker. But, you know, I, I'm not going to have as I'm not going to have as, uh, you know, great of terms in my relationship when I'm starting a business versus an established business. that has been around with lots of revenue. What advice would you give to a new young business owner with an up and coming company that's looking to uh, looking to grow and wants to expand, but just hasn't had a lot of great a lot of great luck with banks? Yeah, you're going to
0: look at your other professionals around you. Um, you know, that's how we, we approach it here is that we're not the most important probably in that relationship, but the team that you have is the most important and making sure you have uh, alignment on kind of the values and direction of those professionals, whether it's attorney, wealth manager, CPA, others around you that are going to give you the advice because as, typically as you're starting up, you're going to be smaller and not have those resources internally. And so you're gonna to have to rely on outside sources until you grow um, and not you know, every area, like you say, geographically is gonna be different in uh, the skill sets around that. Um, so I'm glad to be part of the Network because that that's helpful because sometimes you need to go nationally, say an organization would look at an ESOP as a transition tool Not every attorney
1: or CPA or
0: banker is going to be familiar with that tool. So you may even have to go outside of your geography.
1: Yeah, that's key. So in your experience, you know, if I'm Joe Smith, business owner, and I've had a business owner for five, I've been a business owner for five or 10 years, and, and I've got a growing business, but I can't see a vision for selling my business, even though I'm 40 years old. But you and I both know that business is getting sold at some point. Everybody exits their business, whether they sell it or whether they die at the desk, you're exiting. What things would you recommend? We talked about management team earlier. What would you recommend a business owner start doing proactively now to prepare for one day down the road when they leave their business?
0: Yeah, so if they're in a growth mode, you really need to look at protecting your assets. So these these could be employees. You know, if you have a key salesperson that's been instrumental in helping you grow in today's employment environment where they could get a job offer and then they're gone, how do you need to protect that asset from leaving and rewarding them for the success that they've done? Also, is looking at, you know, if you're a single owner, that's one thing, but if you have two or three owners in there, is making sure you're keeping up to date on valuations and internal documents. Like you say, if uh, someone has a stroke over the weekend and they're not able to show up for work, what does that business look like? If they have a death, what does that business look like? And who has authority? Because typically, if they don't have those documents, the spouse is going to take that position and they now become the partner in that business. And they may not like that, Tend to usually bring that up as a conversation, and they're calling their attorney, just double checking, making sure that their their documentation is correct.
1: Yeah, you better get that buy sell written, and you better fund it well. So, as we wrap up here, what advice would you give to a someone who says, "I want to be, I want to start a business"? What advice would you give to them?
0: Well, I think you got to understand why. Why do you want to start the business? What is something different that you're bringing to the world or your industry that's not being done today? And can you make money doing it? What what are you passionate about? You know, whether that's ultimately your family or a particular cause, what gets you out of bed every morning? Because you are not only gonna get out of bed every morning, but you're probably gonna stay up late in this business. And if you can't get out of bed, it's gonna be a long road to continue down that path if you're not passionate about it.
1: And I'm 65 years old. I've owned a business. I've never once thought about exiting it. It's never even crossed my mind. What advice would you give to me now?
0: I would ask, Ross, if you have a health issue and you're not able to show up for work tomorrow, what does your business look like in a week, a month, or three months? You're not able to show up. Does it survive? And get them thinking. Let them kind of process that. If they have great contingency plans. they got a great management team. There's no concerns. But if they have their blood, sweat, and tears, their life work of the last 30 years in this business, are they willing to let that evaporate without proper planning?
1: Now, Blackhawk Bank is based in Wisconsin, but what what area are you guys all in?
0: Yeah, southern Wisconsin. So you think of up to Madison, Wisconsin, over to Milwaukee, kind of that quadrant. And then Down into Illinois, maybe I eighty-eight over to Chicago, and in southeast Wisconsin and northwest or northeast Illinois.
1: So, if someone's in that area and they say, "I like the I like what Jim's saying. I need a bank. How would they get in touch with you?"
0: Yeah, they could just uh, they find us on our website. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I can provide details for my contact information as a follow-up. But, you know, even if they just have a question and they're not in our geographic area, I'm ha- happy to answer quick questions or maybe direct them to someone in their geography that might be able to help them.
1: That, that's fantastic. Having a good resource like you is key. Jim, I really appreciate your time today on the podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Exit Your Business, Your Way podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Paz Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor at Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311. 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FRINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License number 16139032, California Insurance License 0L100732022-143603 expires 924.